quite often when we're trying to run and grow and scale a small business, we tend to feel like we're caught in our own business bubble, right? Like we kind of can't see the forest for the trees and we're caught in the middle of this big thing that we've created. We've, we know where we want to take it, but we've got no idea how to start, how to put one foot in front of the other and just get to where we need to go. Well, in this episode, I'm chatting with my business coach, Luke Williams, who has been coaching me for the last, no, probably since October 2021 and we've been working together for years. We've done multiple websites, logos and branding, heaps of fun projects together and working with him in the capacity of a business coach was really the icing on the cake. He is incredibly down to earth, has a really, really fantastic perspective on how everything connects together and how we can really look to getting the fundamentals right in our business and focusing on the places where we can make a 1% improvement every day rather than trying to go big and bold and overcomplicating things. And honestly, I found his insights into my business and the way I run it so refreshing and enlightening and ultimately successful. So I've been incredibly fortunate to steal a bit of Luke's time for you in this episode. So you too can hopefully benefit from his fantastic insights and his outlook on life. Without further ado, let's jump in guys. You're in for a real treat with this one. You're listening to Taking Back Joy, a more than marketing podcast. This is where we dive into how to market your regional and rural small business sustainably without being stuck to your screen. I'm your host, Meredith Page, and I was born and raised in a small town full of fantastic small businesses, and now I'm doing the same with my own family. I'm a marketing coach, a mum and a wife, and I want to share with you everything I've learned and I'm still learning about juggling a family, business growth, mental well-being and healthy boundaries. Here we market smarter, not harder, so we can take the busyness out of our businesses. If you're running a small business, raising small humans, and trying to make a big difference in a small town, you're in the right place. This is Taking Back Joy. For the benefit of people who have not had the pleasure of knowing you yet, could you introduce yourself? I think dude, I'll do the history thing because it's all about sales. To me, it's all about sales, service, and then life experience so I suppose the I think one of the things that you I appreciate about you so much because you and I have it in common is we've both come from this small town service first mentality because you grew up that's my whole thing because I think where where I was hospitality you were retail but I think the principles were the same it was like good service in a small town and serving the customer standing in front of you rather than pushing what you think at them right yeah 100 because so you grew up in Armadale in Braille yeah what were the um the first few jobs you had that you feel like kind of solidified that service mentality? Uh, for me, it was back in a country town, literally near the Queensland border. Um, it was in the retail space. So I learned the, the key 101 thing of customer service. So how to look after a customer, how to kind of build rapport with a customer and really understand the need and the want. What they ask for and what they need is obviously going to make that happy customer. And those things aren't always necessarily the same either. Like I think that's the sweet spot is knowing what they're asking for and knowing what they actually need could be very different. 100%. And I think it's the landscape of really not just going yes and no, it's actually listening. So stopping and actually going, cool, I have five minutes in my day to give this person time and understand essentially what they think and what they do need to then kind of let them then understand that and be educated to then walk away with a solution. And the biggest thing is in a country town, you don't have access to stuff like you do in the city. So you do have the time and the people have the time to actually listen and look after sort of their sanity because they actually understand that you're giving them the time of day. In the city landscape, it's very different. Everyone's time poor, everyone's moving very quick. So when I left the country and kind of went to study, obviously in Canberra, it was like leaving a place that had roundabouts to a place that had a lot of traffic lights. And it's kind of the same way when I went to work. Like everyone was like, yes, no, can do, can't do. This is the way we've always done it. 100%. So robotic and so blueprinted into like, it's just, it is what it is. It's a transaction. I think what I learned and what I bought was huge success in moving from like a door greeter of a a big business to literally the assistant store manager of a $90 million business. And I was like 21 years of age. But Mm. what I bought was this reality of like, I can actually listen and I can actually support and I can actually educate and essentially give a solution. So many people in the landscape just keep talking about the issue, but the issue just 
breeds this negativity or breeds this stagnant or complacency. The success that I got was kind of go, okay, it is what it is. You can't fix that. You can't change that. But what's the next step forward? And mm. what it was was actually just being smart, using common sense and going logically, what is the next step? What is the bite-sized chunk to move from A to B and then B to C? And that was the, the shift. Like it was in retail still. I was in a big block retail. So again, you're a number, you're a, a person in like a big sort of pipeline. But like, again, I moved up in another business when I moved to Canberra very quickly. And like, I wasn't even sort of yet skilled. I was learning, I was teaching, I was also studying. So I obviously had a different element of doing a double degree at the university. And it kind of like was the balance of the two um, that really kind of gave me the academic side. But then I could put that in with the just being like 101 customer service. If you don't really want to have a conversation or learn about something, how do you actually get a result or help someone? Because you can't kind of really build rapport and a connection if there's no substance to that. I feel like that's almost like the beauty of growing up in a small town as well too. Like I think anyone who hasn't grown up in a small country town thinks they're very backwards, but they're not. They're just not overly impressed by like the latest glitzy, glamorous thing. And they're more willing to rely on something that's tried and tested and trusted. Not that they're not open to new ideas. And I think, like, I was similar to you. I was was put in positions of responsibility quite young as well. Like, so when I was 19, I was like an assistant restaurant manager of a sports club. And I think it's that attitude of like, well, it doesn't really matter male, female, how old you are. You got a solution? Well, let's hear it. And if it makes sense, let's give it a crack. I think the fact that when you grow up and work in the country, it's very unpretentious. And if you're willing to have a crack, and if you're willing to lay your ideas on the table and if they work, people will listen to you. Like they don't. And again, I think people think that people in like small towns, regional areas, they think they're very backwards and small minded. They're not, not just like um, in awe of like some, some new shiny shit that comes along, you know, but if you're willing to, if they see you work hard and they see you being an ideas person, they'll give you a crack no matter who you are, how old you are, what your background is. Like they'll, they'll invest in attitude. I think hard work that's like a massive point like so many people turn up to do their time and just get their money it's about how do you go above and beyond how do you do the Mm. extra five percent for me huge success in multiple businesses has come because I get the one percent right so how do you start that conversation how do you be there to support them along the way how do you finish it but then what's the aftercare of that and to me that is hard work it's commitment but it's also leadership. People want you to go, cool, what is the next step? And how can you empower people or leverage success out of people around you? And one thing I've always been good at is surrounding myself with people that are good or even better than who are and what I am or what I can bring or what I know, because then they're going to level you. They're going to push you. They're going to pretty much stimulate you to expect more, to lift that benchmark and kind of go, what's next? Um, yeah being humble enough to learn because like something that I've noticed working with you is that you're like a prolific student like every time I talk to you like oh thank you about engaging like and you're my business coach and you're constantly looking for other coaches and other people and it's like it's made me really conscious of the fact that I don't think you should ever learn off someone who isn't in turn learning off someone like you shouldn't learn off someone who thinks their cup is full that's like a dangerous kind of mentality to learn off definitely it's like literally walking on water and you we both know that when you walk on water, you sink because you obviously got weight. And I think the biggest thing is if you're not learning, then how are you moving forward? And if you're empowering or networking or leading others, how are you going to lead them if you're not leading yourself forward? You've got to be continually learning. And like currently I've got six coaches, like I work with them on a regular basis and it's all about getting little bits and pieces of how I can perfect, how I can change, how I can challenge, how I can inspire, how I can move the needle forward. Because mm. growing a business is great. But then how do you even take it to another level when you achieve that expectation, that goal you set last month? What's the new month going to be? And what are you going to do to, to up-level that, to change that? You need that constant, like, how do you remain relevant? And how do you remain sort of consistently adding and, and complementing? And again, giving the people that are paying you, whether it's clients or, yeah, sort of networks that you are presenting with or working in, like, how do you give value? Because mm. they're showing up for that. And if you're not, I mean, got something to give, then kind of like, where's the exchange? Because you can't just take money and then walk away with mm. nothing. They want to walk away with something that's, yeah, that's moving you, you forward. You can't really sort of draw a circle around what it is you do and you go, this is the package deal until I retire or drop dead of old age. Like this 100%. is this is it because at some point that will stagnate and at some point that will go out of date. And then 
are you going to be aware of when it goes out of date or are you going to wait for your customers to start coming back to you going hey what you taught me like that's not even relevant anymore can i have my money back like are you going to wait yep. for that to happen definitely actually reminds me that my dad taught, told me once where if it's like if things aren't getting better they're typically getting worse like things very rarely don't stand still yeah and i feel like like the learning i think so many times when we go into business we keep because we, we're so freaking tired i think we keep waiting for that magical point where we sort of like you've come from you've driven boats when you kind of come up on the plane and then you can yep. cruise yeah yep. and i think running a business you have to realize you're that's when you come into retirement is when you yep. get up on plane like it's constantly pushing to get up on plane like it's 100%. constantly working and the minute you stop doing that is the minute when you're cruising and when you're cruising you're not working hard you're not growing i think it's being okay with the fact that because i think like for the first two years of me officially flying solo i felt like it was changing shape every five seconds and i'm like is this is this me having shiny object syndrome is this me being indecisive like i feel like this isn't what it should look like but after a while i was like well this is okay because i'm constantly questioning myself which is good it's like okay how can this be quicker slicker this isn't landing right this isn't feeling right how can i make this better like you've got to reach a state of okayness with that being normal the constant change and the constant tweaking and improving because the minute you stop doing that it's probably the minute you start getting complacent 100 and i think that's the biggest thing i've always sort of had an expectation if i'm comfortable i can do better and if mm -hmm. i'm not sort of feeling that i don't know how can i move this or where can i perfect that i'm letting myself down <laughs> And I think like the, the boat analogy is amazing because I think the biggest thing is a lot of people go, I've had a job or I've got a career and I've made money. And I think that's very, very important. And again, my back, my root is retail. So it's customer service and sales. But what I've done is I've perfected that. So literally by the age of 25, I could kind of go, cool, I've moved up. I've ran multiple six figure million dollar businesses for other people. But when you run it for someone else, you're not really getting the, the return on the investment for the energy and the innovation and the leadership that you're giving that, that business or that, that mm. portfolio. So like if you're lucky, they might give you a bonus if they're correct. like benevolent bosses, but if they're not, well, good. Correct. And even when they do that, you might look at it, it's like it's 10%, but then you look at, well, what's the 90% and how mm. could that be mine? And that's where I sort of, I know it's a weird figure of speech, but grew the balls to go, cool, how do I go out my own? How do I get that mm. ADN and, and kind of do the thing that, I can do, but do it for me and not do it for someone else because it's always easier to do it for someone else because that safety net of the yeah the, the bad the day or the bad month or the, and the holidays all these things the like yeah it's not your issue it's someone else's so you can walk away or you can you can switch off and I think the first job was really just going cool what do I want to do how do I build on the the skill base the, the retail and the sales and we went into our first network marketing business and a lot of people judge network marketing but essentially yeah, like everyone, pyramid scheme stay back <laughs> and i just it, it this makes me laugh like if you want to have good takeaway you ask someone where that good takeaway is to get chinese on a friday night then you go experience it and you're like cool i love it and now i'm going to tell someone else that is hmm. no different to network marketing our first business was skincare so we had good skin we used good product we only found that out by asking people what they used and then using it ourselves to then share it to someone else if you believe in it and it's that's true it's not oh i'm going to make it look like i believe in it to get more likes on instagram well that will fall over no matter what business you're running but if you're like 100%. i genuinely believe in this product i genuinely believe in what it's doing is important for my health and i just want to share that with people like if the fundamental principles of what you're doing are true and you believe in them well you kind of really can't go wrong as woo woo as it sounds 100 percent, and that's all it is like we get paid thank you money in a network marketing business by sharing the product on recommendation it's the same as a person that buys the food or gets the petrol or goes to Coles, not Woolworths. Like, it's just the same thing. It's just a, a way of doing what you do, but you're getting paid for it. And it was the first sort of on a space of like putting all these skills I had to then go, cool, how do I grow a business? Because then yeah. it became going back to leadership. How do you grow five or six layers of team? How do you support a hundred plus individuals to be on the same mission, to have the same vision, the same sort of hunger, but also get the reward so that that, continue and the momentum builds because that's how you get success in a network marketing business without losing like those fundamental principles of the experience and the service we got married we did it ourselves so it was a massive wedding um, that we did pretty much from the ground up by ourselves we obviously then had a period of time off and came on the down from all that we opened up a business with business cards so between july and eight months later until COVID here 
we grew a six-figure business off the back of bad experience for our own wedding, knowing what we wanted and what we couldn't find, to then go back to good leadership, giving people solutions, having education, being there to kind of go, what do they want? Mm. What do they need? And how do they align or how do they kind of not align? And again, and, and being your own customer, like what did you feel was missing from the service and the experience? Like what was, it, was a gaping It was just a lack of like, actually care. A lack mm. of realness, a lack of genuineness, a lack of it's the couple's wedding, not the planner's wedding. It's mm-hmm. not where it has to be this color. It's like, what does the color need to be for the couple? What do they want? How do they want it to be? Do they want this? Do they not want that? Do they want to invest in that or do they want to save on that? It was really this whole like giving options rather than just telling them what it is going to be. Um, and I think too, it's all about listening. Like 100%. I remember like there's a few weddings you've told me about where you just, you always listen for those little details and in those conversations, early conversations that you can then weave in later because they're those little, like those little moments where people feel like seen and heard, like that's true customer service. It's making the customer feel seen and heard. And so the feeling they walk away from it's like, Oh my God, I need to tell everyone about this guy. Like 100%. And I think the biggest thing I could sum it up is, Everyone wanted to tell me the destination, but the destination is the outcome. To me, it's the journey. So where do we start? Where do we experience, go through, really understand and enjoy that process, not go, it's all about the destination because the byproduct or the outcome is you're going to get married and you're going to walk down the aisle and you're going to spend a lot of money, but it's one day and you're going to enjoy the process of building that. And it's what we didn't get for ourselves. It's what we give every single one of our clients. And we've now even three years in got return clients either giving us their siblings weddings or they're actually having kids not one but two they're coming back for birthdays christenings and Mm. the reputation of we're the best friend that provides the education the support it's what we give doing a wedding is like buying a house you don't just go and buy a house you talk to mum and dad on both sides you do the bank you do the pest you do the building then you go and make the offer and then it's a process a wedding's no different it's an emotional spend of money that if people or couples and clients aren't supported and aren't coached and aren't taken on a journey, like it's not a good experience. And I think I go, it goes back to like, we've got really strong leadership. We've got really strong sort of education, but it's just listening. The mm. client is always right. And they can't always get what they need, but they need to understand what they need and what they want and where that line is. And it's giving them the time of day. I think people misinterpret that the customer's always right thing in that they have to do what the customer tells them verbatim, but it goes back to the, the customer's always going to leave you clues as to what they need to have a good experience. And it's your job to listen out for the clues. 100%. And I think my biggest thing with that is make a way out of no way. If a client wants X and X costs a million dollars, it's never no. N-O is not in my vocabulary. It's more like, how do we make a way out of that? So what are the elements Mm. you like? What is the things you don't like? Where do you want it to be? How do you want it to be? And then we go and and educate, like what does the elements cost and how does the strategic or the the common sense part of the execution happen? And if you add logic with a bit of common sense, I can guarantee you'll always end up with a solution. And the solution may cost money, but if they understand the journey, they'll pay the money to get to the destination. And that comes down to so much about taking your time with the customer too. Like I think it's so good to not say no, but it's like, look, anything's possible here's the financial reality of what it is you're asking for in that current format but if we can sit down and pick apart what are those elements that you're really looking for and can we take that what you think the finished product is maybe be smarter about how we do it like but again you'll be willing to invest the time and the customer to go look i can see what you want out of that particular thing we can actually do away with 80 percent of what you think you want and still get the same end result but save you a lot of money or time and i think it's um I think it's really nice too that people just assume like it's it's kind of like one of these I suppose not limiting beliefs but this universal truth we've all just accepted that planning a wedding is is stressful and you're going to get to you know dessert being served at your reception and going oh shit like am I here already and the fact that you've gone well that that doesn't have to be the case at all what if it's going to be take up nine to twelve months of your life planning this thing why not enjoy it why not have been rather than it being one day that flies past because you're in sort of hostess with the mostest mode, um, why not? Why can't it be 12 months that you actually enjoy and get excited about? 100%. And we break that down. So 30% of your time is actually understanding what are the needs and wants and what's the education required. So that's 30%. 
Another 30% is like the detail. So it's the quotes, the invoices, the suppliers, the, the operations. Another 30% is kind of putting all that together and then refining that because again, the needs and the wants need to align to the journey to deliver the, the destination. The 10% is actually experiencing it. Because like you just said, when you wake up to when you go to sleep, it's about a 16 hour period. And honestly, so much happens on that wedding day. And if you don't reflect and give yourself time to have pictures or have a moment as a couple after you, I do, and after you sort of do the formalities of the reception, you do, you blink three times and it's literally bedtime and you're the day after the wedding. And it's all just happened and the destination's landed, but it's also departed. And you're like, I did all that time and I've kind of blinked three times and now it's gone. And we stress that because so many couples, again, don't get preempted on how do you feel and what do you do? And again, make sure you have drink and food at 7 a.m. And like, who is all this for? Like, I think that's the big thing. Like, I remember, I feel like everyone I speak to, you sit there at the end of the wedding, you go, who is that even for? Because like, I don't remember any of it. Like, it's a blur to me. Apparently, it's meant to be my big day. So who was it for if it didn't feel like it was for me, you know? Definitely. And like, we love doing weddings, but I think COVID really shook us up when we couldn't go to venues and we could only have five or 10 people and all this stuff. So what I then did was go, cool, how can I give and how can I achieve and how can I build a business? So we pivoted. We didn't lose the weddings. We went into coaching. So how do we coach a business to survive a period like this? How do we Mm. give people knowledge? not just in weddings, but going back again to the root stuff of sales and selling. And and essentially the way I sum up coaching is embodying. So embodying what you do, embodying what you say, embodying how you learn the proximity of the people you're with. You don't learn off people that are learning and think that you're just going to get it. You've got to put a bit of work in yourself. So looking at who is the next mentor, who is the next coach? Um, Like I've got a business coach, I've got a leadership coach, I've got a life coach, I've got a relationship coach, I've got a money coach, I've got coaches that give me skills, education and tools that I need to embody to get results. So what I did was pivot and go, cool, how do I give back to people to get them to embody the elements of their life and go, where am I at out of 10? If I've got six arms and I'm only at five out of 10 for half of them, how am I going to set some goals to improve that? And for me, it's about having one-on-one contact. It's about actually talking through what are the roadblocks, what are the successes, what are the goals, what's the journey been? Because when you hit the destination, it's reset mode and you go again. And a lot of clients come and say, hey, I want to do three months. Suddenly it becomes six. Then we hit six and it's like, typically in the coaching space, I'm bored. I want something new. And I'm, I'm kind of like, I've ticked all the boxes on there. But then you go, cool, how do you actually embody it? Not just talk, it's not strategy. Strategy is 20%. is actually doing the work yourself, picking the pieces, doing the work and going, I love it. I hate it. I get it. I have no idea or I'm where I am, but how do I go from 85 to 90 and then reset and go again. And if you've got the six pillars of life, like there's so much to to work on. A lot of my clients, they're, they're at 12 to 18 months tenure now. And it's because they sit in this space that they want more, but I'm continuing learning. So I'm leveling up, I'm being relevant and I'm giving them that next step. And I think I love it because I get to build and I grow. And now we've built another six-figure business on the back of serving, giving customer service, listening. I'll sit on a 60-minute call with a client and I will probably talk 10 or 15 minutes of that 60 minutes because my job is to listen. It's to absorb. It's to really go, what are they talking about? And what are they feeling? What are they covering? And what is the things that they're bringing up? Because if that's what it is, then that's what we need to talk about. It's the need and the want. They might want to make X, but if they don't, do the bits that they need to do to get where they need to be to be ready to make X, then we need to do the work. And the work is sometimes people don't know what they don't know. And if they've always done what they've always sort of done, they're always going to get what they've always got. And that's the line between really challenging the blueprint of how do we get brought up and how do we told to think or, or made to think. And I remember an example of like a chicken at sort of Christmas time. And it's like, Mum always used to cut the chicken in two bits because it had to be done in two bits to go into the the oven to be cooked for lunch. But it was never really understood three generations later why we were sitting there saying we have to cut the chicken in into two bits so it's ready for lunch. And long story short, like it wasn't about the chicken getting cut into two bits. It's because the oven could never fit the chicken. So they had to use two ovens and put the chicken 50-50 to cook the chicken to feed the three parts of the, the family that were attending Christmas lunch. But again, my point is blueprint. We sat there and we kept cutting the chicken for the best part of 50 years because we thought we just had to cook the chicken in two parts. It was only because of the circumstances of that time, the oven couldn't fit the chicken. So two ovens fitted half a chicken, 
and the chicken was then ate for lunch. We see this show up so much, how we mm -hmm. make money, how we're an employee, how we sort of go, how do we treat our, our partner? How do we look at our family? How do we turn up for work? How do we network with our friend groups? And we go, cool, we only do what we do because what we've always done. What happens if we thought, how do I live a life of freedom? How do I maybe not work for time and money, work for what makes me happy? It's that principle of like, if not if, but how. Like taking, taking that if out of the equation and go, well, if like, how, how would I make this work? And so suddenly you're in problem solving mode rather than like yay or nay mode, you know? I think it's when you get into like the personal development, even like, like counseling kind of space where, because I don't know about you, but I feel like I was able to start appreciating the concept of if something's not right on a fundamental level, it's going to show up in all these different aspects, in all these different ways. But if you're looking closely enough, you'll see the common thread and you'll see that, okay, if I deal with it at its base level, it will stop this happening over here. It'll stop this happening in my relationship. It'll stop this happening in my business because they're all connected to this fundamental issue I'm experiencing on this level. I think that's when you can really start taking advantage of all this stuff. But it's like when people sort of go, oh, I want a six-figure business, but I insist on smashing three coffees before I go to bed at night and I can't figure out why I sleep shit. Well, it's all connected. Like what you consume, the people you surround yourself with, what you eat, how you sleep, um, what you read, what kind of a thing counts you follow on social media. Like that's all connected to how successful your business will be because they don't they don't live in silos. They're, it's all you, you know? 100%. And this is the whole thing. When I went into this coaching world, it was, for me, when I started, it was all about strategy. I knew the ingredients of how to leverage the brand, how to get the messaging, how to do the socials, how to do the operations and how to close a sale. It was just the ABC of making money. Anyone that sat in front of me, anything I put on the table, anything I tried to, to, to put out and sell, I could just close a sale. But what I found is a lot of people came from this background of maybe not having money or not being able to generate money to not have to live for money, make money the byproduct. And what that meant was they kind of just was so driven on one thing in the wrong way that they kind of weren't looking at the things that show up in other ways, like the coffee habit or the stay up late habit and not get up early or the exercise and get the, the endorphins going. And where that led me to was really understanding health and wellbeing. And we moved into an, our second network marketing business where we kind of learned like whatever you put in is going to essentially be what your body puts out. So how you eat, when you eat, the combination of your vitamins, minerals, and trace elements, intermittent fasting, using cleanse and assisted ways to do your day, but in a way that your body was getting fed because you can't run your brain, your body to the level of exhaustion or fatigue just because you need to do what you need to do, but not be filling the cup to be able to let the cup give back to the network, the people, the, the businesses that you're, you're working in. So we went into the, the health and wellness and we, we learned things like collagen and we learned adaptogens and we learned all these elements that your body needs to not just operate, but operate at its optimum. And when you go, cool, my body actually needs to not just consume food every day because we eat breakfast, lunch, dinner. We actually need to give our digestion and our body and our brain time to go, I don't need to do something today. I can survive by intermittent fasting with a supported program. And it's there's, a, there's a classic example in and of itself of just accepted social norms actually getting in the way of us getting the most of our bodies like the idea of having a massive family dinner it's a social custom but it's not actually really good for our bodies to be having a massive baked dinner together every night like it's really 100%. really bad for us and i love like the sunday roast but i can guarantee eight out of ten people that you would ask what did you do for the two hours after the roast had a nap curled up and like went into vegetation state or struggled to actually move my body and that's the day before monday like that's the 100%. day before you kick off your week and it's like you're cramming yourself full of like this heavy meat stuff that's been cooked 100%. in oil and then you wonder why you're kicking the week like kicking the week off on the back foot 100 percent. and i think the biggest thing when you go into like talking about health and wellness it's lifestyle it's not diet it's not yo-yo it's not about giving up like i'm mr like my middle name's chocolate so i don't like it's a sacrifice like i love chocolate but there's an amount you have and there's an amount you don't have there's days you have a lot there's days when you don't like i love easter's approaching but the reality of the landscape is i can't survive on that because my body needs things to make it work and not always be sitting in like this fatigue mode so it was a, an amazing business that we kind of grew again on the back of communicating educating 
showing results. Like I remember I did a 30 day challenge and I lost over 10 kilos. And for me, that was amazing. Not because I lost the weight and could fit in the clothes that I had 10 years ago. It was more so that I actually felt different. I had more energy. Like I do a 36 hour cleanse or a fast every single seven days. But on the back of that, typically you go, oh, I'm so hungry. I'm so this. I'm actually not. I'm so driven on clarity in my brain. I've got so much energy in my spirit and my movement. I'm actually just ready for literally another 24 hours to be done in 12 hours like my normal day is without even questioning it because my body's being sort of rested in a way of fasting and then not letting everything just go, go, go. But at the same capacity, my body's now ready for that next challenge to go even harder and go to the gym and listen to podcasts and commit to my 10,000 steps and do the things that I need to do for me to make sure my cup's full for when I turn around and service the best part of 30 clients a week. So it's kind of like that. It's an element that has built me, but it's also something I've educated myself on. And now I love and I'm passionate about educating others because it goes back to my sort of ethos with coaching. You can't do one thing and expect everything else just to work. You've actually got to work at the six pillars of life and go, how do they intertwine and how do they work? And it's kind of like probably the best thing I've, I've derived at in the last 12 months is it's, it's abundance. I've never been a person that's had to look at the bank account and go, can I afford that or can I do this? From a young age, country town, if you want money, you make money. If you need mm -hmm. to make money, you do hours. It's called work and you do hard work to earn good money. You do less work if you want to have no money. We've never grown up. And I think our, our MC at, at our wedding was the biggest one that said, like it was a room full of 350 people that kind of probably thought looking at the outside in, we came from money, mm -hmm. but we didn't come from money. We generated money. We've got like seven multiple five, six figure businesses that are very weird and wonderful. Like we've got a coaching business. We've got a consulting business, a social media business, a wedding planning business, an event space. Um, like there's just all these different elements that we we put into one part. But when someone comes to me and goes, I want to take my life to the next level, I have the steps and solutions to do that based on my experience, based on what I've kind of seen in I know the duality of what's bad and what's good, but also then go, how do I educate this person to go for the pillars of what they need for success? Are they ready to go, cool, am I honest with where I'm at? Am I comfortable and open to go where I need to go? Am I going to roll up my sleeves and do a bit of hard work? But at the same time, am I actually ready for abundance? Because abundance is like the byproduct of having wealth. And wealth is not money. Yes, it is finance, but it's not just money. It's the wealth of your health. It's the wealth of your relationships. It's the wealth of your education. It's the wealth of your free time. It's the wealth of your having, having freedom. You can choose mm -hmm. to do what you want, when you want, how you want on your terms. We decided literally within a five-day period, it was our, honey, our honeymoon, our anniversary, that we just had to do something. So we decided to leave the country five days after the borders opened, did all the things you had to do to pretty much get out of the country and get into a new country and enjoy ourselves for 14 days. It was in a space of like, if abundance is true, what limitations do you have? Do you have to check whether your body's okay to travel? Are you okay with the money to pay for the hotel and the food and the experience? Are you okay with the business to one, make money when you're not, not there doing it, but also not have to like ask for leave and get approval from someone. Essentially like when you clock on and off in an employee sort of situation to go to the toilet, but also ask for, can I clock off and on go on annual leave for two weeks? Or can I just go, cool, I actually just want to go on a holiday. Because abundance is like generating that wealth that it shows up in every element of your life. And to me, that is not something that happens overnight. It's well-rounded. It's very informed. It's a process. But again, it's a journey. Enjoy it. Because like the health and wellness part of it, it's not about losing the kilos. It's about how you feel as the byproduct of losing kilos for that next period of 21 to 30 days. And just on that whole food thing too, I mean, I feel like once you kind of cleanse essentially i'm not going to talk like an expert here but once you clear something like a toxin out of your system it's amazing how hypersensitive you become to then allowing it back into your diet and then how much 100%. you feel your body like my husband and i'll both do it where like if we have like a run of bad days because we've been gradually like getting our diet to a point where it's like this is how we want our kids to eat basically and like that was a process of years where it's just like like we don't normally have a lot of snack food in the house or anything because it's like we don't want our kids to eat like this so we're not going to eat yep. like this you know walk for walk yep. and it, we'll look at each other some days and go 
I need some steamed veggies, like just basic veggies tonight. We haven't had veggies in like two nights. We just need like steamed greens. And it's amazing when you get so in tune with your body because you're taking such good care of it. You can you can just feel that that's what you need. You're like, we haven't had, when was the last time we had like just green stuff? Okay, we need green stuff tonight. Like, are you feeling it? Yes, I'm feeling it. Got to do it. We've trimmed so much like things like alcohol. Like we only we only try, try to drink like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And even then we're not massive drinkers. But we both realize that we'll have a couple, like any more of a couple of drinks, and we're like, we really feel it. Whereas, like back in early 20s, like you just wouldn't bat an eyelid. But because, again, it's, I remember I had a personal trainer tell me this once. He's like, the best and worst things about humans is how adaptable to shit they are. Like it's it's good that they can adapt to adversity, but it's bad they will put up with it for decades because they can adapt to, to bullshit so well. And I think that sits with the whole thing. Like 90% of the population, sorry, 99% of the population do what they've always done and they're complacent, they're comfortable and they're familiar. The 1% that go, cool, what's the four walls or where's the box and how do I get out of it? And what's the new way or a smarter way or a, I don't know, a more educated way to approach it, whether it be food or education or learning or making money or, or spending money, they're the people that get success. And like that to me is what a true entrepreneur is. And it's someone that finds a solution that brings something to the table that maybe isn't or hasn't or could be done in a different way that actually gets people results and you're Mm. so right with the food thing people become so complacent they sit on sort of on a kfc mcdonald diet for so long they don't know what that thing is they're missing because their body's so used to not having the thing that that kind of we all know should be in your diet similarly the other way if they're sitting in the too clean when their body has that thing that they're not used to having your body reacts to it it's mm-hmm. no different to how you work and make money. If you always sit with a client and do what you've always done, you're going to kind of always make the same amount of money. If you can innovate and bring something new, you can then pretty much start making some serious money on the back of that, that outcome. It's no different with your health. Like it's no different with how you do your relationship. If you always do the same thing in the bedroom, you're going to kind of always have the same outcome. But if you bring something that's different, it's going to move that element of your life to what I call a, a level of abundance. And it's just... Mm there's no limit on that it's a glass ceiling you keep pushing and moving and and pushing and and achieving more and and it's a satisfaction of that it's the outcome of that it's the way you feel from that and it's honestly then that contagious way and state that you give to others and that's what brings people in and what gets people sort of on your journey in your team if you're a network marketer if you're a coach it obviously builds that sort of proximity it's it's kind of how you get success I think it's one of those things though it's like you suddenly move into this space of like hyper accountability to yourself and it's almost, and there's no, no one's going to come to rescue you. And it's, it's kind of like getting unplugged from the matrix. You know, it's like once, once you've been unplugged and you know that you're solely responsible for yourself, you can't plug yourself back in and forget about it. So it's kind of like a point of no return, like in a really, like you said, a really satisfying, liberating way. Once you've gotten in that headspace, you can't go back to the sloppy lifestyle because you just, you just know too much. 100%. And like education and knowledge, it's a powerful tool. And I used to always laugh probably 10, 15 years ago saying like, always be careful what you wish for. But you actually need to be careful what you wish for because Mm -hmm. there's a whole thing called manifestation. There's a whole thing called actually going, where do I want to be now? And maybe five years, 10 years, 30 years down the track. And I I ask anyone that's in a proximity in a coaching capacity with me to go, cool, where did I want to be when I left school? And then 10 years on, where, where was I? 20 years on for me like where am I going to be in a couple of years so it's kind of like what what did you map out and what did you think and then what's become a reality because if we actually go cool let's reflect on that all of the stuff we just talked about for this whole conversation has been decisions and movements and action we've taken but Mm -hmm. everything we do in life is a decision everything that is then a yes or a no on that decision is an action we've taken And honestly, if we have the right intention before we take the action based on the decision we've made, you can pretty much write your destiny. If you're journaling in the morning or starting your morning routine with a bit of like, I want to end up here by the end of today. And then for today, it might be the week and then the week's a month. You might start the year saying, I want to earn 100,000. But if you get really intentional around what are the decisions you've got to do and what are the actions you've got to take and what do you need to put in and what do you need to be like consistent on I can guarantee the more you refine that, that 100 again is going to be achieved in six months, not 12 months. And then suddenly mm-hmm. that whole destiny of I'm going to have 100 grand by 2023, it's going to be that I've made 200 grand. It's like, what do I do with the wealth? But on the back of it, 
let's reflect how I can really understand how I made that. And some of it is actually just forecasting pretty much where I want to be. Because yeah, it's sometimes different you get what you wish engineering. For. It's like, okay, well, this is the end point. Okay, well, how do we chunk that down? And sometimes <clears throat> the end point might be, okay, it might be a little bit ambitious right now. So, okay, what does halfway look like? Okay, halfway seems achievable. What are the steps I'm going to take to halfway? Um, 100%. And like, I'm always mindful of being, I mean, to be honest, I don't really know how I feel about this conversation because grew up white, working class, good education. So I don't, I don't know how much of what I am today to attribute to that. But um, yeah, so I know a lot of people out there are careful to put a caveat on the privilege they can see in their own lives. But flip side, I know people that had more than me that still managed to fuck it up. So 100%. And that's the landscape. Like everyone has the ability to say yes or no. That's called a decision. Everyone can go, I want or I don't want. And then that's the, the effort, the action that they put against that. But at the end of the day, it, it's on them. So if you have an amazing life, yes, it's defined by what is amazing. But what, what are the things you've done? What's the staircase you've taken the journey on to get to that amazing destination? And that's kind of how I start with my clients. It's how I finish with my clients. Where were you and where are you? And then really appreciating it. Because for me, it goes back to customer service. It goes back to sales. Um, a lot of my sales skills is like, if you don't ask for the sale, you'll never get the sale. If you don't make a customer understand the objections, one, they're going to experience, two, they're mentally going to go through, or three, that they need to overcome themselves, they're never going to make that commitment. They're never going to make that that yes. Hmm. Like a person that kind of is a really good seller is someone that's dealt with every objection themselves because the only objection a seller can't deal with is one they haven't dealt with themselves. So it might be money, it might be time, it might be excuses of husband, kids, work, whatever it might be. It's only ever the thing that if they don't want it enough, it's what they haven't dealt with in their own personal life. And yeah. clients come in and they go, I want to make six figures. I'm like, cool, but do you actually understand what not yeah. making six figures is, but living in a space of the work that goes with that, the relationship that goes with that, the house you live in, the, the school the kids go to, the, the car you drive. Because and when you actually- also being careful with buzzwords you hear as well. Like I think a lot of people throw in that six figures- Six figures is actually not that impressive. <laughs> yep. Like, like when you like, we're not trying to downplay on success, but like, so like when I hit the six figure mark, I'm like, hmm, I would have thought it would have felt flashier than this. But six figures could be less than ten grand a month. Like six figures could be hundred k. Hundred k is less than ten grand a month. And when you think, and like, is that six figure revenue? Or is it six figure in your six figures in your pocket? Um, is that deducting all the expenses? Did you did you have to put your marriage on the rocks in order to get that six figures? Have you had any quality time with your kids getting that six figures? Like, you've got yeah, you've got to be prepared to not look at these things as arbitrary numbers and go, okay, what is what's the reality of that? Do I want that? How do I make that work? Like, okay, so how much? And like, yeah, like you said, it's just a matter of going, okay, what does six figures look like on a weekly basis? Okay, then what are my expenses? What do I need to live on? Okay, how much time do I have? And because that's exactly how I did it. I'm like, all right, I want to make this much. I want to do it in this much time a week because in this much time a week, I can also do swimming lessons, quality time, weekends. I don't have to work nights all the time. So these are the hours that are left over after I made all those non-negotiable commitments. Okay, what's six figures divided by that many hours a week? Okay, boom, that's how much I need to make a week. That's what my hourly rate kind of looks like. And we go from there, you know? Definitely. And I think that's how it all sums up for me. Like if you want something... What is it you want? Get really clear on that. If you don't have clarity in what that is, then you're never going to get on the line. You're going to be doing the circle. And, and it's not a dollar circle, figure. A dollar figure isn't an answer. A dollar figure is a means to an end. It's the byproduct. It's the outcome. Mm. It's the give and take. It's like when you go to grocery store and you get groceries, that's the byproduct. You walk out with food. Like it, it's going to be like kind of the reality of what it actually is. And then you reverse engineer and you go, cool, what is it going to take to do that? The clarity on that, the execution of how committed you are to that, how consistent you are to that, how much you embody that. I think it, it leaves me with the whole thing. Like if you're not thinking about having a coach or a mentor, if you're not thinking about how can I educate myself better or think in a different way or do things smarter, you're holding yourself back. You're yeah, essentially you're not actively the bringing roadblock. these people into your space. You're obviously under the impression you don't need anyone, and that's a dangerous position to be in. You should always be on the lookout on like good voices to bring into the room. 100%. And whether you make, I've got clients that make three or four grand a month. They've worked with me for three or four months, and they're doing now five figures a month. I've got a client that left a multiple seven figure business as a general manager of like a massive portfolio. 
she was burnt out. She had three young kids. She hadn't seen them. She wanted to give them more attention, but she also was the bread sort of winner of the family. The money is what drove the family. She doubted herself because she didn't embody that her health had to be right, her balance of work and life. She knew had to change. She didn't know how. She knew she had this skill of motivating and mentoring and kind of giving people solutions and support and guidance, but she didn't know what that landscape looked like. So for six months, we worked together in the capacity of really understanding her clarity, being so clear on all the things she already had. She just had to like engineer them in a way that the landscape could look, she could be at home. She could drop the kids off at 10. She could pick them up at three. She could have weekends that were flexible. She didn't have a phone that had a thousand emails that was always that to-do list that never, never went away, that it always just kept growing. She now literally just closed 409,000 on her last month. So in one month, she achieved everything she wanted. She has the relationship with the partner that's back because she's at home. She's got the kids that are happy because she can pick up and drop off and attend functions and and things that mean a lot to them, which would typically be mums at work, so can't attend. She's got the phone. Can't do that dorky mum thing at the back. Like all this stuff. And she goes, I've got so much abundance in my life. Mm. This was another example. of I'll work with you for three months and we'll, we'll get it all done. It took us six months to get clarity. We're now at 12 months and we're kind of like just starting to go, I'm comfortable. So now it's like, well, where's the ceiling? What's the next step? Mm. How are we going to move there? If you can do that based on where we've been to where we are now, and this is a person that's taken on a new role in a, in a new business of her own that she's created in the last 12 to 18 months, like what does 2025 or 2030 look like? Mm. The kids are going to be here and your partner's going to be there and your house is going to be here and the car's going to be like, what does all that look like? Because when you start dreaming of what that is and then you go, cool, what have I got to do to then get where I am now to where that that is? That's the work. And the work mm. is all the elements. And to me, it was, yeah, how do you how do you have the education and the skills and the knowledge to then know what do I then need to add and bring to that? And it may be another coach. It might be another mentor. It might be a chill-out zone. It might be just like a, okay, let's let's really get clear on it and like go health leather and, and grow abundance. I think, um, you, I think you touched on something really interesting there too. I feel like from working with you, I felt like one of the biggest things you did was just not, it was just about constantly asking really good quality questions. Like it was never about you telling me, like I don't feel like you ever actually told me very much at all. So it wasn't you vomiting your own sort of like aspirational quotes on me. It was more of like, well, okay, so what does that look like? Okay, so how would you do that? okay so like what about this well what if what would it look like if you did this in less time or like what would it look like if you did this but then you took you out of it how would it run then and so it was constantly like this probing and like you soon realize that you've got everything sitting in you ready to go it's getting the right person to kind of basically call you on because you I feel like you're constantly making you're constantly sort of making these subconscious assumptions on what you're doing because you're so caught up in momentum I think one of the best things about having a coach is I've constantly, like you, you constantly notice where I was kind of getting caught in this subconscious right going, hang on, why are you doing it like that? Why, why, why do you personally need to do that? Why can't you hand that off? And that's the one I think one of the biggest ones when you start growing a business too, is that why, why do you have to do that particular task? Oh, because it's, is it quicker if you do it? Does, would you lose anything in the process if you didn't do it? Um, the quality might be there, but are you really running this business on the quality that's been delivered in that particular aspect or would you get the same result if someone on $20 an hour was doing it? Like would, would the output to the client be the same? And thing? I think whether it's our skincare business, our nutrition, our social, our coaching, our consulting, they all come saying, what have I got to do to do and achieve this being a dollar figure? What I, I pride myself and, and the guts and the nuts and bolts is how do I need to make them think and understand and position their brain to go, how do I need to do that thing that's going to give me what I want? It's teaching them and to think for themselves. Like they come 100%. to you, can you spoon feed me the formula? And it's like, no, actually, yep. they teach you how to think about the formula. 100%. It's not about what, it's about how. Everything mm. comes back to, and then it's how much they want to apply. It's how consistent they want to be. It's how embodied they, they actually are going to act. Because so many people in social media paint the pretty picture. They show you the... The, the 90% of everything that's perfect. We've all been through that period where something hasn't gone right or something hasn't been achieved or something hasn't been delivered. And that's okay. It's a duality. Whatever goes up has to come down. If you mm-hmm. go to a beach, the wave is high, the wave is low. 
whether you jump on it and are happy when it's high or happy when it's low or sad when it's high or sad when it's low, it's actually understanding that. It's like mm. light and dark. We love light. We love dark. We love goodness. We love badness. It's, it's actually appreciating it for what it is. You've got to have both to be in duality. I'd almost sort of say like, because you're the second coach I've worked with, I'd almost say that having someone in like some sort of coaching aspect, whether it's a mentor, like a, a business mentor, industry mentor, someone, when you're inside your own business bubble, and I don't, I don't think there's any getting away from this, no matter how successful you are, you're like, you, you're always going to be in that can't see the forest for the trees. And so I feel like you're always going to be in a position where you need someone calling out, not directions, but calling out thoughts and ideas and suggestions to you from outside the bubble. It's just, so I think for me, it's not necessarily whether you should get a coach. It's how do you find the right kind of person for where you're at, where you want to go to. Um, so if someone was looking to get into coaching, what, what kind of filters would you say they should run potential coaches through before they commit to someone? I'd get number one, clear on what you want. So you've got coaches that do a thing. So it might be health, it might be money, it might be mindset, it might be life, it might be business. Then it's like within that, what do they actually want? So a business coach is not, a good business coach is not going to sit there and go, I can teach you how to make six figures. I can teach you how to have 50 clients. If they do that, I'd say go and actually look at how they do it and then how many of their clients kind of like continue and build and grow. Or have they done it once for someone in a very specific industry? And it's like, is that your industry? Do you share a target market? Is your is your ratios, like is anything similar to that one time where they did it for that one person? If not, okay, they can do it, but is it likely And that's the weird here? thing. Like, and I love the clients. Like we've got them everywhere. Like we've got psychologists, we've got like teachers, we've got website designers, we've got wedding clients, we've got people that run like big corporations, we've got like mums that literally want to go and sort of try and build money so they haven't got to ask the husband for money. Like they come from all walks of life. But I think if they're really clear and then they're going, cool, how do I get my life to the next level? And then they go, I need it in this element or this area or I'm okay in this and I'm okay in that, then having clarity is going to get that that right coach. For me, then it's kind of like a good coach will always give value. So value something free, value something that's evergreen, something that you pay less than $100. If not, it's free. But it's a, a taste. It's a teaser. It's a, a, a like welcome a or an invitation. Yeah, just so you can get like a bit of a, like, did they listen or did they talk the whole time? Are they kind of going to be an opinionated or are they going to be supportive? Are they going to be someone that's, going to be there to support me when I have a chat and I ask questions or there's someone that's like this is how we do it this is what we do this is how we do it this is why we do it and it's kind of like they're actually not listening and embodying it they're just doing their, their strategy um, mm. any successful business is 80% application and it's 20% strategy so if you have an 80% strategy and a 20% application you've got an imbalance that yeah you might have a few massive months or a massive year but the longevity or the long tenure of that it's it's very not hopeful so for me like when i look at coaches i like i'm usually following for at least three months i've looked at their website i've done their testimonials i've watched their content if they're not showing up in an authentic and real and uh, relevant capacity then if i'm not seeing it there why would i see it in a paid capacity because then when i do go into a paid capacity um like i just bought on a new life coach and what i saw from that person in a unpaid capacity was like moving and, and great but what they never talk about is what you get when you're in the paid capacity because it's like 10 times on steroids. And the proximity of that, I'm not joking, like joking, it's life-changing. It, it just moves everything to that next level. But the reality is I wouldn't know unless I committed. So there is that line of if you're going to look for a coach and want a coach, be really intentional about it. Don't be like, I'm going to put my foot in, but I'm going to put my foot out. Mm. Um, I'd say eight out of 10 clients that I bring on board, they'll talk to me. Within 45 minutes, they're saying, how do I pay and when can I start? That's the sort of client, like for me, it's a conscious level business business manager, business coach, or, or person that, that, that's, that's ready to commit. A level two is like a thinker, might do it, could commit, might choose not to commit. A level one wants to say they've got a coach, but will never do the work, probably will reschedule 90% of the calls. It's got to work both ways. Um, but for me, it's about really doing your homework and like looking at who have they coached and what are their testimonials and when was the last time they ran a program or had clients or kind of like they show up in a, in a way that you can see they're relevant. They're, they're going to give me something that I need and that I feel like I could have a drink or share a meal or spend two hours with. Because sometimes, like it's a period of time, it's not just a five-minute chat and 
we'll see you next week or next fortnight. It's it's well, a two-hour. This, tra- this person could change your life. This person could be a massive pivotal moment in your life. You bring up an interesting point. Be mindful of the process they put you through as a potential customer. Like how much, how hard are they working to make sure you're the right fit for them? Are they, or are they just taking every man and their dog and any dog off the street that comes knocking? And it's like, well, can can you really as a life, can you really as a coach with a niche serve all those different people? Or are they like because you've got a fairly long questionnaire and then you have a um and then you have a strategy session and only after them will you offer to take them on as a client? 100%. They need like, to you apply. Won't just take anyone's money and then figure it out later. No way. They need to apply. And it needs to be that I actually get a bit of commitment. My time's valuable. Yes, I get paid for it, but I don't want to sit on a call or do a session or do a workshop and then go, like, how did they walk away? Mm. It's more like they're coming, they're sharing stories, they're applying the, the content, they're doing the work. And honestly, every single one of my clients has had at least 100% growth. So it's more like, how does it move them and how do they share that? Because that's the networking that I want them to then breed into whatever they do, whether it's building websites or bringing in more clients for their astrology business or teaching more people to do what they do or a mum generating more money so she's got more lifestyle opportunities. Like it's, how do they talk about it? And you said it before, like for me, if your coach doesn't ask questions of what do you want? How do you want it? Who have you been with? Did it work out or not? And what do you want to achieve? Like, honestly, look at the next person because if you're not getting some really intentional make you think stuff, that's what you're going to be walking in and paying for. So mm. if you're not going to get start, don't think it's going to change in the middle of the end. It's probably going to get worse, not going to get better. I feel like we could talk for about three hours about this stuff. Oh, wait, sometimes we do. Scratch that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for that. And, like, I can't honestly speak highly enough of our, our work together. Like, I, I would do the six-month program with you. And I feel like I cheated a little bit because you and I worked together for years. So I feel like I probably got the other six months in, like, increments along the way. So... <laughs> So, um, but like, honestly, I kind of like, I look back to like, when was it we started working together? Because we've had, we had to stop and start a little bit. So I think it was around the October mark. But yeah, I remember like, I remember just because because you and I'd worked together for so long, I really understood your flaw. And then because I'd built your website and I had to sort of write the copy. When you write the copy for a website, you really get inside the head of the person who's doing it. And I had such an appreciation for how you did what you did. I remember signing on thinking, I just can't even wait to see what this looks like out of the side of six months. I couldn't have even imagined what it looks like now, like the trajectory I'm on. It's just, because like you said, it's all proximity. Like it's not just you. It's everyone you're associated with. It's all the people, all the circles you're circulating in that I'm getting exposed to. It's like, well, hey, if you've got this question, I know this person, follow this account, hit this person up. And it's just like, honestly, the stuff I've learned in the last six months is mind-blowing. So that's the power of coaching, people. Get amongst it. So speaking of which, if anyone wanted to hit you up and start following you to get a taste of what it is they might get from you, what's the best place they can find you on? But it's Luke Williams. He's on Instagram, website, we're on Facebook, we're everywhere. So hit me up. Let's have a chat. I think only come to me if you're intentional, if you want to make some big shifts in your life. Um, be prepared to do the work because we're all about embodying the change that you need to do to get the, the life you want to have, whether it's abundance, whether it's wealth, success, whatever it is, we can make it happen, but come ready to roll up your sleeves and, and do the hard work because the results are yeah beyond satisfying. It's definitely not a case of throwing money at it, throwing a money-based solution at it. It's like, you've got to be prepared to pay good money and put in hard work but like 100%. I think there's also something that happens too when you just put money on the table it makes you go I'm gonna make this work now because I'm so in, like so deep in this but it's like man it just puts you in this whole other gear you know and then yeah then you actually start seeing it pay off I think in the first month I'd sort of not palmed off a client but I had sort of moved a client onto another solution and I'd made that up and then some and it was just like within a month I'd noticed a massive switch and it was almost like clearing the clutter out it was like it was almost immediate I was I started implementing and thinking on this whole higher level and I was like whoa like this was all just like sitting there ready to how 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 did that all just happen like that and then it was almost like if, without saying weird it's almost like when you lose weight like you lose all the water weight first so the changes happen really hard and fast yeah. and then the rest of it is like how do you sustain that how do you keep going in that direction now that you've got a taste of it and you can see the change it's possible how do you keep going 100%. And it's honestly having clarity. I've got a few clients that have come on board. They're still the employee. So they're still earning that 50 to 100 grand. And when you actually say it's $247 a day and you can earn six figures, 
it becomes very simple. Like, mm. how can you make $247 a day? What does it take for you to do that? What have you got to give yourself? And what have you got to give the person that's buying that? Because when you do that, suddenly that 100 grand is really easy because we all know 247 could be made three or four times a day. Then you can make multiple six-figure income per, per year. And it's not hard. It's about actually going, cool, what's the clarity? What's the product? What's the, the sales process? And then what's the offering? What's the solution you're bringing to market that hasn't been done before? It's, it's so easy. But it's about having the support, the knowledge, and kind of like the guidance. And that's where a coach can support you and guide you and, and just take you on that journey because then the destination, you get to enjoy that. We enjoy, as a coach, looking at where that was at the start and where it is at the end. Clients have come and then they've gone and done their thing and then they've come back. And I love that just as much as a brand new person that I know nothing and we're about to embark on the journey. So yeah, reach out and, and touch base and jump into the DM or on the email and, and just connect so we can see whether we're the right fit and where we can land and where we can jet off and achieve and and grow. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Taking Back Joy. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks guys. See you next time.